Hi, I'm Billy Shore. Welcome back to Add Passion and Stir. It's our weekly conversation about food, passion, and making a difference in the world. And we have two special guests with us today. Congressman Mike Thompson from the 5th District of California, which many of us know as Napa and Sonoma. Congressman Thompson's been in office since 1999 and is on the House Ways and Means Committee, uh, former Vietnam vet um, and co-founder of the Wine Caucus, which is always something we want to talk about, uh, and also chair uh, after the Newtown, Connecticut shootings of the House Gun Violence Prevention Task Force. But I wanted to welcome you, Congressman Thompson, and saying thanks for joining us. Oh, Billy, thank you. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be with you. We, we've got a couple things in common, uh, Congressman, which I'll just mention before I introduce our other guest. One is I think we both have sons who are firefighters. I saw that you did. That's true. Uh, my son has been a firefighter for exactly 24 hours. Uh, he turned 16 <laughs> yesterday and he became a junior firefighter in Maine, uh, which is where we've been for the pandemic. I've been a fire volunteer firefighter for about uh, two years. Um, the other thing we have in common is for the last five years before the pandemic, for, I guess for the last three years, uh, Share Our Strength based a fabulous 300-mile bike ride out of Santa Rosa uh, called Chef Cycle, where we had chefs from all over the country come to raise money. It raised a couple million dollars a year for our anti-hunger work. We stayed at the Flamingo uh, in Santa Rosa. That was our hub. And we each day rode 100 miles, three different loops, uh, always coming back to the Flamingo Hotel. But uh, man, do you represent a beautiful district. You are one lucky man. Uh, it's, a, it's a beautiful district. There's a lot of great cycling opportunities here. I'm glad you were able to experience some of them. You know, I, I do my own bike ride uh, for gun violence prevention. It'll be in the end of, uh, of June, and we have a tremendous participation uh, in, in that. So uh, come out and ride with us anytime. Well, you know, I, I might take you up on that and we, maybe we'll find a way to ride in each other's rides. The, the other thing you've got, in addition to a, a beautiful district, is you've got some big hills out there, <laughs> which we rode. I think we climbed about 6,000 feet a day. So it was, uh, for, for me, it was quite a challenge, but we made it. So anyhow, I'm glad to hear you're a rider. Uh, let me introduce also Chef Patrick Mulvaney, who's been uh, in Sacramento at Mulvaney's Building and Alone, but... Uh, statewide and increasingly nationally an influence and a force on so many issues that are important to chefs on restaurateurs from the anti-hunger work that we do uh, at Share Our Strength to mental health and suicide prevention issues as they apply to, to chefs and restaurateurs. We're really grateful for your leadership, Patrick, and I'm thrilled to have you with us. Well, thanks for having me and thanks, you know, you guys have been, uh, really instrumental that, that, as I said before, the help you give us has fed a lot of hungry people and encouraged a lot of other people to uh, jump into the pool. So it's been great to see the stone soup in operation, everybody bringing what they can to make things better. Thanks. Uh, so we're going to get into some of this anti-hunger work and some of the, the food industry uh, on Add Passion and Stir, which is uh, the issues of hunger and food and how they relate to the restaurant industry and uh, agriculture. And I'm going to want to talk about the Feed Act, Congressman, which you played such an important role in. But before we do that, maybe to set up this conversation, Chef Patrick Mulvaney, uh, you've played a really critical on the ground, hands-on role uh, during this pandemic in getting food to people at a time when they desperately needed it. Um, can you tell us what Family Meal in Sacramento is all about, how this started 
for you, um, how you pivoted from, you know, running your restaurant, Mulvaney's Building Alone, to now feeding the community uh, at a time when they couldn't come to building alone or maybe never would have been able to afford it anyhow. Yeah, so we closed in uh, the middle of March, right, in 2020, like everyone else, and got our got ourselves together, straightened out the boys and girls who were working for us to get the resources they needed. And then we started thinking about what we were going to do. Um, and what we saw was empty kitchens, antsy cooks, and foods in the field that weren't being sold and said, let's just start cooking because that's what that's what cooks do right and so we didn't know where the food was going to go or how it actually how any of this worked and two of us with uh partners from canon brad checky and clay nutting we got together and just started making meals the first week we each made 400 meals a day uh the second week it went up to 800 and and just started to distribute at um, church sites, friends who had after school programs, and then um, uh, all around. And after, as the school district got acclimated as well, uh, we, we used them as a main resource. So every day, <clears throat> uh, probably about 15 or 20 restaurants were here in Sacramento dropping off meals as people were coming to pick up their breakfast and lunch. And so what we did was make family meal, which was four meals in a bag for everyone, everyone to take. And then that just exploded the generosity of not only, not only no kid hungry, but uh, Sacramento has been great. So to date we've done over 250,000 meals through that program and uh, turned into the governor started a program called great plates delivered, which has been feeding seniors across the state uh, three meals a day. And, uh, so that's 20 million meals across the state and about a million in Sacramento. And that one is great. And for us, it was feeding people who are scared and hungry and nervous. But also, as it turns out, it helped keep us afloat, restaurants for sure, helped us keep people employed, but helped us support the farmers and the distributors. So that when, like now, we're coming out of the pandemic and rather than going from a light switch that was off to turning it back on we're just able to turn the valve back up a little bit. So we're grateful for all the help, right, from, from FEMA and, and the hope that uh, Congressman Thompson's Feed Act gives to us that feeding is going to go better. And of course, uh, the help that you guys have given us because we were babes in the woods and, well, and we, we only get there because of the smart people like you getting us there. Well, when you first started, how could you even afford to do it? And you must have been preoccupied with the fate of your own restaurant. I mean, how did you personally manage to pull this off? So generally, it w the first thought was, how can we afford not to, right? There, there's some folks, you know, I looked around and saw people who weren't going to take unemployment and said, what what happens to them? And And we saw, you know, we knew that there was hunger out there. And there was just this great sense of generosity. You know, the first week we got 300 pounds of meat for $12. And I thought, wow, how can I use 300 pounds of meat? And two weeks later, our friends from Superior Farms gave us 4,800 pounds of frozen lamb vindaloo. And we were delighted to have it and would have taken more. So the, the need was there and, and we just kept going. So certainly we were worried about money, but everybody was worried about it. Um, I, I, staff that I brought back, I said, I can't promise that I'll pay you, but we will someday if the money ever comes. 
And uh, the second week, someone said, hey, chef, I'm getting a bag. Uh, you're, I'm taking food home. I'm feeding my family. So until my kid outgrows his sneakers, I'll be okay without cash. Wow. That, that that's pretty amazing. And you know, it's con- what you're describing is so consistent with what the experience of share our strength has been from the very beginning that chefs and restaurateurs are in the business of nurturing, of feeding people, of taking care of people. And they find a way to do that. However, they have to, as we were just talking with Congressman Thompson about this 300 mile bike ride that we've done in his district district in Santa Rosa, uh, where hundreds of chefs come and uh, have to train for, you know, quite a while to be able to do the ride. It raises millions of dollars. But it's such a uh, another example of how people literally share their strength. Uh, but before I go back to Congressman Thompson to talk about the Feed Act, uh, Patrick, just tell me a little bit about what was your own path. How did you even become a chef in the first place? Where did that start? I graduated with a degree in English that qualified me to be a waiter in Manhattan. <laughs> and uh, but I, I fell in love while I was in college. I worked in a restaurant in Rockaway Beach in in uh, New York City in Queens and fell in love with the sense of family. It was an Irish neighborhood and the restaurant, I saw that the restaurant was the center of the community for the people that lived there, for the Irish American community and for Irish immigrants. And I realized that if what we're here for is to have a positive impact on, on the world we live in, that a restaurant is a great base uh, to do that. So maybe I didn't tell anybody, right? We opened our restaurant 15 years ago this month. We're happy to say and happy that we're open again. And uh, said that we would, we would, I moved here because there's a 12 month growing season. And we say what goes on the menu is what comes in the front door and it changes every day. But what we didn't say, my wife and I, when we started was that our real hope was to open a place where people would come to discuss the issues of the day and potentially invite us into those conversations. And you foster that over 15 years when you get to a place where we are now and say, hey, I need help. Uh, All the people who who have come to know and love and talk to us over the years have really come to rally around and make what could have been a much worse situation much better. Those conversations probably have a different tenor than the kind of conversations Congressman Thompson has in (laughs) committee meetings, I have a feeling, or on the floor. Um, Congressman, you know, as we're talking about what Patrick has done with Family Meal and this notion of, you know, restaurateurs coming together, using their feeding capabilities to feed people during a crisis, you had the vision and the commitment uh, and the know-how to really scale that idea up through the FEED Act, something that we were honored at Share Strength and the No Kid Hungry campaign to work with you on, as well as our good friend and colleague, Jose Andreas. Um, For our listeners who aren't familiar with the FEED Act and the role that it plays in enabling FEMA to support restaurants, can you describe uh, both it and how you got it to become law? Well, well, sure. First, I think it's, it's, I learned something today. Now I know why there's no dangling participles on the menu at Patrick's restaurant. So, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's that um, English degree. Um, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd be happy to. Uh, you know, the, the FedEx is pretty straightforward. Uh, it recognizes that in uh, times of disaster, their uh, food insecurity is, is heightened and uh, we need to do more. And uh, in this particular disaster, in this pandemic, uh, there, was, uh, there were farmers 
who were hurting because restaurants were closed or having trouble uh, selling you know, their, their product. Restaurants were hurting, the employees of restaurants uh, were hurting, they, did, they didn't have a job and people were hungry. So it made perfect sense to combine all of that and to uh, have uh, chefs and, and their, their restaurants and, and, and their staff uh, to, pro uh, to provide healthy, nutritious meals uh, for people in that uh, in that food insecure uh, lane, and uh, that's how it that's how it started. We were able to uh, put this in a couple of the early bills, um, as you as you mentioned. Uh, my bill got a lot of attention because uh, Chef Andres uh, was supporting it and, and talking a lot about it, and uh, I, I saw firsthand what uh, chefs could do for a community. You know, we've been, even pre-pandemic, uh, my district has been hit by a number of uh, disasters from an earthquake to the last five years of devastating fires. And uh, chefs from our area and around the country really rallied to come help feed uh, not only people that were hungry, uh, but you had, uh, you had people who were out here working on those fires and uh, first responders. And, you had uh, Chef Andreas, you had Guy Fieri, um, uh, 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 Tyler Florence. Yeah, everybody was 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 here, uh, and and they were uh, and and they were working hard uh, to make sure that the food issue uh, was uh, was addressed. At one of our uh, our fires, we had a whole parking lot filled with uh, tow behind barbecues that were owned by people that compete in the, uh, in the barbecue competitions around the country. And they all came to cook. And uh, as Patrick said, the uh, uh, food, uh, the, the producers were very generous and they helped in a lot of these uh, situations. And it just, it just, it helps a lot. Uh, so uh, I was uh, easily convinced that the Food Act needed to be uh, needed to be introduced. And when uh, it was put in the bill, it was helpful. And then when the Biden administration uh, extended it by executive order, uh, that, that, that's even better. Uh, now we're, we're waiting for, uh, for some guidelines to be promulgated by FEMA uh, to ensure that, we, um, that uh, everybody knows what they have to do in order to qualify to participate in this program. And, uh, and, and this, this will help a lot, I think. I was going to ask you the next step is is FEMA issuing guidelines on Correct. how to make this work. Correct. Got it. Got it. Uh, you've got some amazing uh, restaurants in your district, not to mention wineries. If we if we pull the level, I'd love to get uh, a sense from both of you of uh, the restaurant industries. Resilience. I know that some restaurants, unfortunately, have closed permanently. Others have managed to be resilient. Uh, we seem to be getting close to closer to the other side of this pandemic. Um, can you each give us a sense of where you think the restaurant industry is headed? Well, I, I see a, a lot of uh, improvement in, in my own area. You know, uh, we've moved into a less restrictive tier now. Uh, they're allowing folks to uh, do indoor dining at a reduced number. Uh, outdoor dining is uh, picked up. People are visiting my district more now. And uh, so you, you see more 
uh, more activity. Uh, but clearly the restaurant community has suffered uh, greatly during uh, because of this pandemic. Uh, some of them sadly probably won't reopen, uh, but I think um, many uh, many are trying their best. I, I got a text just a minute ago uh, from uh, Chef Constantino, who's uh, opened. Uh, oh yeah, Chris. <laughs> yeah, Chris is up at his uh, his restaurant in St. Helena, and he texts me and said, "If you're if you're around, come by uh, and visit and, and grab a bite." And I'm in sadly I'm on the other uh, end of my district today, uh, but uh, I, I see this every day. Where where people are uh, are 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 are, are uh, opening restaurants and serving uh, more people, uh, I think the uh, the uh, money we we provided through this last relief act is going to help restaurants. There were about twenty eight billion dollars specifically specifically for restaurants. So uh, so that will help. You know, it, it's important because not not only. Uh, do the restaurants in my district and every other district in the country uh, provide great food and great food op opportunities, uh, but they employ a lot of people. And uh, many of the people within the, uh, the food uh, restaurant community uh, are, are a lot of single moms, uh, a lot of people that really need uh, this, this income. And uh, they're also uh, provide a, a source for uh, people who produce food and, and produce wine. You know, my, my wine community relies heavily on restaurants uh, being open. And uh, when they are open, they sell more wine. That keeps people in the, both in the vineyards and in the wineries um, uh, employed. And, and that's all good. Chef, what's your take? Yeah, our sense is that that anybody, that those of us who have made it this far have, are going to live to see the other side. And, and all that relief, right, the PPP, soon to be the Restaurant Relief Act, uh, the help from FEMA, really, really is what is, is what got us through. And, and I think that also the resiliency, right, when we said, well, what do we do? We don't know. And in March, so when we started cooking, we realized that we our normal thing would be to say, let's all get together in a church or a sports arena and cook everything in one space. And we had to rethink about what we were doing. So we were doing two people at a time doing shifts to get the food out. And that idea of being able to tap dance uh, and change has always stood us in good stead. And what we see now, what I feel now is hope, right? Two weeks ago, I felt it. And now I'm able to say that it's real. Um, and we see the smiling faces of the people coming out here in California, being able to eat outside is a tremendous boon, but there, there's the pent up demand for all our friends, uh, wanting to come back out and support and Congressman Thompson, you're right. This is a lot of people that we employ, right? So we let 60 people go, uh, last year, but I'm happy to say that we're now have brought back more than half of them. And Billy, don't forget, uh, it's it, a lot of people are employed in the restaurant community. Uh, there's businesses that uh, provide the utensils, the glassware, the stemware, uh, the tablecloths. Uh, a lot of uh, small business 
folks who do uh, flower arrangements for, uh, for for restaurants. So it is a it is, it is a, a very important part of our local economy. People come downtown to eat. They shop in the stores uh, next door. So to have restaurants closed is a hardship on uh, on everyone, not just people who want to go out to dinner. Yeah. So when you think about that ripple effect through the the larger economy, it's it's really quite profound. Uh, and I guess you know, to me, one of the most important things, and correct me if I'm wrong, Congressman, is that um, what you were able to do with the Feed Act. You know, n- next time, whatever the crisis is, we won't have to wait. That authority will be there for FEMA. That's correct. It'll be automatic. Wow, incredible. We will be right back with Congressman Mike Thompson and Chef Patrick Mulvaney. We always acknowledge those who help us produce the podcast, but I also want to make sure that I acknowledge those who make it possible. We are so grateful to our leading partner, City, and the incredible generosity that they've displayed since the coronavirus pandemic began. City and the City Foundation stepped up throughout the year and contributed over $9 million in 2020 through creative projects like a $2 million match and a consumer-activated donation program around Giving Tuesday. We're so grateful for the strong partnership we've had with City since 2014 and for their continued support. And we're back with California Congressman Mike Thompson and Chef Patrick Mulvaney. We're talking about the innovative ways in which both the private sector, the culinary community specifically, and the federal government can make a difference in feeding people during this pandemic. You were telling me, Chef, uh, before we started recording that um, your work was now scaling up, you'd receive some big donations that were going to really enable you to feed school kids on a much more massive basis. Can you share that with us? Sure. So the county of Sacramento now is, has given us uh, one large award that's going to allow us to feed 4,000, uh, deliver 4,000 meals a week through the rest of the year. And then last week told us that they wanted to um, supply double that money with the, with the cares, with the relief funds that are coming to them right now to ensure that that program would go throughout calendar year 2022. And it, it, for us, it's great because it's, it's a reimbursement that's sustainable for us. And, and as you know, being in California where snottily, we like to think that everything that you eat grows. Um, this is really a chance having the good reimbursement that, that folks like Chef Andres have, have worked into this, allow us to support our friends, the farmers and keep them growing. And further, I guess I would say it also can help us hopefully change the conversation, right? So Great Plates delivered, feeding seniors, we've established that spending money on food is a good thing. And and maybe that's gonna help bring up what's the basement, the lower level of of the money that we use to feed uh, children and the homeless and others in our community. Because it's really hard to make a meal for a dollar, right? But if you give us eight or 10, we're going to make a really nice dinner for people. They're going to eat healthy. They're going to be happy and they're going to be better citizens. So this is really unfolded uh, in a way uh, probably that you had hoped, but maybe couldn't have quite imagined uh, in terms of the scale of it. Congratulations. Yeah, we're um, really excited about the conversation changing. Uh, Congressman, you mentioned wine uh, and the, the important link between wine and restaurants economically. You're co-founder of the Wine Caucus. That seemed like a really good idea. Tell us what the Wine Caucus does. Well, the Wine Caucus is a uh, bipartisan, bicameral uh, caucus, a group of uh, senators and, and House members, both sides of the aisle, 
that uh, was established. I established it when I first went to Congress in 1998. And it was a, a way uh, by which we could uh, be a, a, a link between uh, the wine community on the ground and, and uh, legislators in, in Congress, both to get the word uh, up to Congress as to what was needed uh, in, in, in regard to legislation and public policy and uh, a means by which Congress could communicate uh, with the wine community. And uh, we've worked on everything from funding issues to, uh, to uh, uh, disasters in, in the industry, uh, phylloxera, uh, all kinds of, uh, of, of pesticides, insect, climate change uh, issues. Uh, as I said, the, the wine community is, is a, a real economic driver, not only in my district and, and in California, but across the country. And uh, I think the two, uh, Congress and the, and the community, uh, need to be linked. And that was the whole idea behind the wine caucus. And I, I, think it's, uh, I think it's proved helpful for everyone. Well, you know, your, your district and your job, Congressman, are so fascinating because you're grappling with these uh, really enormous challenges like some of the, you know, the, the natural disasters that you talked about in the wild, wildfires. Um, but you also get to ride your bike for good causes and drink good wine. And you may have, you know, more fun than any other congressman or congresswoman that I know of. It's really, uh, it's a really interesting paradoxical combination of some very heavy stuff that you're dealing with, but in a district that's known for uh, celebrating and enjoying life in so many ways. Well, you know, it's a tough place to represent, uh, Billy, uh, but uh, I've, I've lived here my entire life. I've been uh, part of the community. I've, uh, I'm, I'm very much part of uh, the wine community as well. I, as you know, I grow grapes and um, I, I haven't had uh, any wine for the entire Lent and, uh, and won't until it's over. So that, that's, that's just, this has been the real struggle is uh, no <laughs> wine during Lent. But uh, I have been able to ride my bike a little bit. Well, you'll, you'll probably laugh at this, but you know, when I think of your district and uh, so many wineries that I love and so many restaurants that I love, the thing that stands out for me because it was my ritual uh, every day after my 100 mile bike ride and it probably wiped out all the benefits was going to uh, Noble's Ice Cream right on the square there, I think in Healdsburg, which is just, I just have a wonderful image of of uh, that that ice cream store and that square and just how beautiful it is. Well, it's, uh, it's a beautiful area. The entire district is beautiful. And, and uh, the people that, that make up uh, the district that I have the honor of representing are pretty remarkable. And uh, the work they do, if it's, uh, if it's uh, making great wine or cooking great food, uh, just, it's, just, it's a wonderful place and brings a lot of joy uh, to a lot of people. And there's a lot of hardworking uh, individuals throughout my district, as there are across the country. Uh, who uh, really do good stuff and what we're doing in this uh, Relief Act will help all of them. Well, um, I know I've got to let you both go. There's one last thing I, I'd like to ask uh, of each of you, and it's about, um, you know, a sense um, that we're, as a country now, engaged in, it feels like we're, we're engaged in doing some really big things we're gonna get people vaccinated and get this pandemic behind us. We're gonna get the economy back on track. Uh, 
Congress passed a $1.9 trillion American Rescue Plan. And um, most of us read today about a new uh, combination of infrastructure and other investments that could be $3 trillion. Um, and, and then on the the non-governmental side, uh, there's been this amazing outpouring of innovation and community commitment from people like uh, Chef Patrick um, and chefs and restaurateurs and others all around the country who have in this moment decided I've got to find a new way to serve my community and they've gone out and done it. Uh, let me start with you, Congressman. Are, are you hopeful that uh, Congress, which you know for so long felt paralyzed and gridlocked and not able to do big things, are we on the verge of getting big things done? Well, I'm always uh, hopeful, Billy. Uh, you know, you describe my district well, and for me to get up uh, three o'clock on Monday morning to fly back to Washington, if I wasn't hopeful, I, I most certainly wouldn't <laughs> leave this this paradise. Uh, there, there, there's all of the things that you mentioned, uh, in in addition to uh, I think a. a, a uh, an effort to uh, invest in infrastructure across the country, something that's woefully needed, uh, something that will uh, help our economy, create a lot of jobs, and uh, do so in a way that addresses some of the climate change issues uh, that we that we face. And uh, I, I'm I'm excited about the things that we can do uh, if we work together. You know, there, there's no stopping us. And uh, you you were spot on. Uh, in regard to the innovation that the private sector sh has shown, you know, there's, uh, there's, I'm, I'm sure Chef Patrick will will tell you that there, there there's not a, a, a restaurant tour uh, on the block who uh, last year, if you'd have said, uh, hey, how's your uh, takeout and dine outside only business going to be, uh, they, they they would have scratched their heads uh, thinking that uh, that you were uh, talking strange things. Uh, but they they adapted to that. They they've done a wonderful job, and and they will continue to. Uh, and it, it's just exciting part of, uh, of of my job is to work with the very creative people who do this day in and and do and do it day out. So uh, I'm excited about where we're going, and and uh, and I think our best days are ahead. Chef, what about you? Uh, how do you feel about the, kind of the innovation that you've been responsible for and that you've seen from many of your colleagues? Yeah, so I think I think it's tied to our camaraderie, right? That we are all in this restaurant business together with hospitality and everybody who shared it. And then our sense that what what we say when you come in the front door is welcome. And we hope that's the feeling that you leave with. And we extend that not only to our colleagues, but to all our guests. And I think it's a great uh, a great way to live. And I think that coming out of this, as we look for what's better. We get to say, here's, here's, look at us for an example, right? We are here together for you building a stronger community. And I think the same thing is true of agriculture, right? That, that in California, when uh, A.G. Kawamura, the former secretary of ag retired, he said, here in California, we are neither red nor blue, but green with the goal of leaving our world better for our grandchildren than we received it from our grandparents. Hmm. And I think that if this is a time where perhaps we can take a moment to pause and think about what kind of world we're going to leave for our grandchildren. 
Well, can't say it better than that. Those were wonderful last words, Patrick. Thank you. Uh, thank you both for what you've been doing. And I really just want to say thanks for keeping us safe and making us safer through your leadership. Uh, the work translates directly, as directly as possible, into getting food to people who need it and making this economy uh, come back uh, so that families are able to support themselves. And uh, Chef Patrick Mulvaney, uh, you've played a big role in that, as have you. Congressman Mike Thompson, um, I can't thank you enough for your leadership and for uh, really uh, helping our country through this really, really difficult, difficult passage. So thank you for being uh, leaders in the community. Uh, thanks so much for taking the time to be on Add Passion and Stir. I'm Billy Shore. I want to thank the team at Share Our Strength and the No Kid Hungry campaign and our producer, Paul Whittle at District Productive for making this podcast possible. You can always go to addpassionandstir.com and find other episodes uh, to listen to and rate us and rank us and subscribe and share with your friends. Uh, thanks so much for listening. I'm Billy Shore. Mm-hmm.